hitting life's issues with heaven's perspective. Hi, I'm Amanda Hall and I want to encourage you with this podcast. I'm going to just start dropping one new podcast a week. It might be um, from a service that we have at our church, Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois, or something I just sit down. It might be joined um, by a guest, but I'm changing it up from when I started this podcast in May and I'm glad you're joining me. I don't want you to drown in the circumstances around your life. I don't want you to drown in the difficulties that are happening in this world and the darkness that seems to be growing uh, darker and invading so many areas in life. I'm telling you, God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways, but we can connect with heaven's perspective for every issue that we have in life. Enjoy this podcast. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here tonight. We feel you strongly, Lord, powerful and praise and prayer tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you for your tangible presence here tonight, Holy Ghost. You can just feel it. It's just a, a tangible presence. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as we dive into your word tonight, Lord. Your word is alive. It's quickening. Let it jump on the inside of us. Quicken within us, Lord, anything that needs to be made alive. Any revelation, grant to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Shine your light where it needs to be shown in our hearts. Translate it, Holy Ghost, from our spirit to our minds so it can become productive in our daily lives. Take us deeper into your word and Remind us also of the things that we've known in the past, but maybe need to be uncovered again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Teach us about yourself, Holy Spirit, as we continue to study you, how to know and flow with you, in particular in these days that we live in, in this dark world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your word is like a hammer. It's like a fire. Hallelujah. Your word carries within it inherently power, power to transform our lives. And as you transform us from the inside out, hallelujah, you use us to speak your word that can bring transformation to others. So transform us by your word. Thank you, Lord. For the supernatural power contained within your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you even tonight, Lord, that as your word is ministered here, it will break through any stubborn wall in our life, anything standing in our way. I thank you, Lord, that your word is life to those that find it, and healing and health to all their flesh. So I thank you, Lord, as your word is ministered here tonight, anything in our physical bodies that is out of alignment with perfect and complete health, we declare it healed and whole tonight in the name of Jesus as your word goes forth and heals and does its work in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. 
Jesus, you are both the power of God and the wisdom of God. And as your word comes forth tonight, I thank you that you grant us wisdom in anywhere where we lack. Hallelujah. You grant us that wisdom. I thank you, Lord, that your word comes alive. It is a living seed. Hallelujah. With inherent power and planted in our hearts, it will produce much for your kingdom as well as for our lives. Thank you, Lord God. That as your word comes forth tonight, breakthrough will happen in any area in our life that we need. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's talk. Um, so we're on part five already to know and flow with the Holy Spirit. We got a little ways to go yet on it, but I think it's been really interesting to me. Because I think I might have said last time, I think it's probably been since 2018, the last time I did kind of a deep dive and study into the gifts of the Spirit. And so in, in this time even, the Holy Ghost took me on a whole different path, you know, to begin with. And, you know, kind of when I started it, I, I kind of came from a little bit different perspective. And it's just really given me revelation I never had before. Like it became real to me. You know what I mean? Like you can hear people minister something. You're like, yeah, that's good. But sometimes it takes a while before their revelation becomes your revelation, <laughs> right? And before that seed actually gets planted in your heart to the point where it's very real to you. And so this has just been really exciting for me as I, I've been diving into the word again, really studying on the gifts of the spirit and how important I think it is. Um, for us as individuals, you know, but I also think like last time I talked about is that we have to always remember, um, you know, which, which we do here, but, um, that the gifts of the spirit are holy. They're not common and we should never treat them as common. And they're signs of supernatural, the supernatural power of God. And so I really believe that the Lord wants the gifts to operate more and more in the church because there's signs to the unbelieving. You know what I mean? When you can confirm, because that's what Jesus did um, with, the, with the first disciples. He said they went out and preached everywhere they went and Jesus confirmed the message that they preached with attesting signs and wonders. You know what I mean? What are these signs? Miracles, healing, prophecy, Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith, you know, to make things happen that in the natural realm would be impossible. But with God, all things are possible, right? And so it's kind of like, it's like, I feel like we, we need to amp up <laughs> our, our usage, you know, allow the spirit. Because here's the thing, it's like, you know, People say, well, God hasn't spoken to me in a long time. Well, number one thing I would say, well, then you haven't opened your Bible because <laughs> there's 66 books he can talk to you, <laughs> you know, through. And two, God's always speaking. It's just, can he find anybody to listen? And I think it's the same with the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Is it, well, the Holy Spirit just gives the gifts to certain people. No, as we are going to see tonight, that's not true. We find it's to every man, right? He's just looking for people that'll be willing to use him, <laughs> right? You know, and I've said that many times about my own life is first of all, I, 
you know, the, from the moment I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I knew immediately, like those, the passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, which we're going to look at 12 and 13 tonight. Those really came alive to me. Um, I didn't understand them, you know what I mean? Because it was all new to me, but I knew I wanted it. And when it said you should desire and cultivate these spiritual gifts, that's what I want to do, Lord. I don't know what that means, but that's what I want to do, right? And so because that was my desire, it was kind of like when, when uh, Solomon came to rule and God asked him, what do you want? Ask me anything and I'll give you whatever you ask. And Solomon asked for wisdom to rule God's gr massive people. You know, there's so many of them. He, how can me? He's like, how can I rule all these people? And that request pleased God. And I feel like for me personally, I, I feel like it was that. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the word of God came alive to me. And I'm like, this is what your word says. So I desire the, and the, the spiritual gifts and want to cultivate them, whatever that means. And I feel like that request made God very pleased with me. You know what I mean? And I feel in the sense that I mean, I think he's like, I can use that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to use her, you know, because she knows everything. No, because she's got it all together. No, you know what I mean? Because at that time I definitely did not. And you know what I mean? And it's not like I'm perfect now, but you know what I'm saying, you know? And so he, he was like that one I can use. And he's really that way with anyone that has that desire. Um, and so what I want to talk about, we're going to start tonight and I'm not going to be able to finish because there's too much to it, but w understanding that every great house has a strong foundation, right? Jesus, Jesus taught about how you want to build a house on rock. You don't want to build it on sand because if you build a house on sand, when the, when the storms come and the wind blows and the rains pelt on it, it'll just tumble down and it says the destruction of that house will be complete. Or if you build it on the rock, it doesn't matter how fierce the storm is, that house ain't going nowhere, right? And so every good house, every great house has a strong foundation. And so I think one of the things, because this is as I've been reading and studying again on, on the spirit is always every once in a while this, this gets really real to me, understanding that the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, right? And the chapters and verses are great for when we want to study and locate something. It would be really hard to take all of that and, and not have any place to locate it. But we also need to remember that, like if you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, that was one long, complete letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. So there wasn't disconnects from chapters, right? It just ran from one thing into the next, just like you were writing a chapter. New paragraph, <laughs> you know what I mean? But not, not a chapter or, or whatever. And so I think this is really important that when we take a fresh look at the gifts of the Spirit to understand that when you're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Because many people will think, well, chapter 13 is the love chapter. And so they think that, that that chapter is a dissertation on love or whatever. But actually, if you see 12, 13, and 14 are actually all about the spiritual gifts. All about this, including chapter 13 is about, are, is about the spiritual gifts. And it's really just... a. Um, 
it's further instruction and amplification of the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's all tied together. Again, remembering, we can't break it down into chapters because Paul was just writing a letter, you know. And so it's not disconnected. Um, and I think that's important because understanding the importance that love is to the spiritual gifts. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 13. I'm actually going to read it out of the new King James just to, just to kind of eliminate some of the thighs and whatever, you know what I mean? Kind of some of the words we don't use, um, but it reads fair, fairly similarly. So I'm just going to, there's going to be a bit of reading here, but I'm going to go ahead and read chapters 12 and 13 because I think it's going to be important for what we want to look at tonight. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are d diversities of activities, or in the King James, it says uh, diversities of operations. Is that what it says? Yes, okay. But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit. works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let me look at that real quick. Yeah. But all these worketh, in verse 11 in the King James, but all these worketh, that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. 
And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which, which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is in kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And so we see that when you don't separate these chapters, and we could go on into 14, but I'm not going to do that, that tonight. In reading these chapters, we see two keys to a strong foundation for the operation of the gifts of the spirit are unity one body though many members one body unity and love they are the strong foundation needed for the gifts of the spirit to function in any church body we've got to have unity and we've got to have love unity when you consider is the body of christ is one complete structure and we are one together in the lord jesus christ right just no different than the hand and the foot being in the same body. <clears throat> Without love, the spiritual gifts can not function. And that's important. You consider that on the day of Pentecost, which was the day the church was born, they were in unity, right? It says they were with one accord. They were with one accord. The church was born in unity and the church can only be great in unity. Amen. Now the church is a vast entity. When you consider the church as a whole, 
not only is those of us that are alive now, but actually those of us that, that knew the Lord and are gone on already in heaven, as well as those that aren't even born yet or haven't even yet accepted Jesus, right? And so the church is a vast entity. And so, and we're not all in the same place. And this is a very large world. What, how many, seven billion people? You know what I mean? Um, and obviously not all those are Christians, but you know, my point is, is it's a very large world, right? And so we can't all be in the same place, but we take this as each church body when a church body is in unity and in love, then that's firm, strong foundation for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. And it's absolutely essential. <clears throat> the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be identified with the body of Christ, not just an individual or just a person. And each of us should feel that we're chosen by God and that all of us are part of Christ's glorious body. You know... Um, I can remember Sherry saying to you years ago when you used, you know, used to clean the church all the time. Um, you know, like you, you got to recognize that when you're cleaning that toilet in there, your anointed hands are on that toilet. So when someone goes down to sit on that toilet to go pee, they're going to experience the anointing. Amen. And so people are like, that's weird, but it isn't weird because every part is what makes the body function properly. Right. And every part is important. Without it, it's, it's like in anything else. I mean, there are parts of our body that nobody ever sees. They shouldn't. And if they do, there's something wrong with you. You know what I'm saying, you know? Um, and so, but there are other parts that everybody sees, right? Um, and so it's no different in the body of Christ. There are parts, members doing certain responsibilities and assignments from God that everybody's going to see, everybody's going to take note of, people are going to hear. You know what I'm saying? Where other parts, people don't always recognize what they're doing because you can't see what they're doing. All the work they're doing, if you will, is behind the scenes. But that doesn't make them less important. It just makes their part different. Amen? And so for a church to really function property, properly, you have to have that unity. And everybody has to recognize and, and, and really feel that they're chosen by God and everybody a part of, you know, Christ's glorious body. Now, if we look back in chapter 12, and let me read verses 4 through 6 in the King James. Now, we discussed this a little bit before, but I want to discuss a little bit more. It says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. And so we, we talked about these diversity of gifts. We broke them down before into three categories. Your utterance gifts, or some call them the inspiration gifts your revelation gifts, and your power gifts, right? And so we, we recognize that the utterance gifts are the ones that cause us to speak like God. I like how um, evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Sr., I like how he breaks them down. The utterance gifts cause us to speak like God. The revelation gifts cause us to think like God. And the power gifts cause us to act like God. I love that. I just think that's like makes it so clear you know, to me, you know. And so there are diversities of gifts, yet all three of these groups flow from one source, and that's the Holy Spirit, right? 
And so this was what Paul was teaching the Corinthian church because being pagans, you know, um, a Gentile Greek uh, region, they had gods for everything. So, you know, I would imagine their concept was this. You got the God of healing. You got the God of prophecy. You got the God of miracles. You know what I mean? Like that was their idea. No, it's one God. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes, there are diversities of gifts, but they all flow from one Holy Spirit. And then we have the differences of administration. So what's, what's that mean? It's, it takes the administration in a church of a hundred people is quite different than administration in a church of a thousand. Quite different, right? You, that only makes sense. If you own a small company that employs five people, that administration it, to run that company is way different than if you own a large company that has 860 employees, right? The administration is it's the same way in a church. If you have a church that has a hundred people in it, the administration, the way things are run and operate are going to look quite different than you if you have a church of 5,000 members, right? And so it's the same way with the gifts of the Spirit. The way they are ran are going to be slightly different and you're going to see their operation different in bodies depending on their size, you know? And so, and we should be willing to grow in that and be willing to allow the Lord to help us to figure it out. And then the diversities of operations. Now this is obviously, well, if we go back to diversities of administrations, just like we said, there's, there's diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. They all flow from the same spirit. There's differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord that's being served. It's the same Lord, right? It doesn't matter how big or how small. It doesn't matter if it's a church of 30 or a church of 3,000, right? It's the same Lord that's being served. The diversities of operations, different people go about their task and their work in different ways. But no matter what type of operation, it's the same God that works. So just like you could go to every church in Jerseyville and every church has, well, most of them, not all of them, but the majority of them have a pastor, at least one or a senior pastor. Okay, let's just say that. The, the senior pastor, and they might have more than one pastor, but they have a senior pastor. But the way every one of them will operate different because their gifts are different, the anointing, you know, God uses their personality, their gifts, their strengths, and operates through them. So there's diversities of operations, yet no matter what's the same God that's working. And so the key for, for a church really to be successful yeah, how many times over the years have you heard me say, if you just stay in your lane, right? Do what you're called to do and, and, and because that's where your gift is going to flow and that's where the anointing is going to flow. And so you get the most satisfaction to stay in your lane. Too many times people want to get into somebody else's lane. They want to do what sister so-and-so is doing, right? You know? Um, because they like that better. Well, how would you know you've never even done what you're called to do because you're too busy trying to do what everybody else is called to do? And, and so it's important that we, that we get the right attitude 
the right mindset because when we have the right mindset, understanding that though there's diversities in, in, in gifts, difference of administration and diversities of operation, they still all flow from one spirit. We're still serving the same Lord and it's still the same God that's working. And we're all part of one body and every part is important. If we have that mindset and understand that no matter what our task is, whether it seems menial or not, it's important to God and God can use us and he can bless us in our, in our doing. Amen. So we really, as individuals, we have to look forward by the power of the Holy Spirit into the harvest field. Say, you know, with the gifts, you know, and the, here's the thing. You know, you've probably heard this saying over the years. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, right? Like I said, you know, personally, if I were God, I would have never chose me <laughs> for ministry. I didn't even want to be in ministry, right? And so, but I'm just saying, I, you wouldn't think that I would be the type of person that God would call into it. And um, you most, many people wouldn't argue about that. They'd say, yeah, you definitely shouldn't be, you know? Um, but God looks at people different and, and he's, he sees different things. One, he knows what he's put in us. Um, and two, he knows our heart, which many times knows it better than we know our own, you know. And th thirdly, he sees what we do with what we've been given, little or, or big, right? And so I've always found that really what he's looking for is faithfulness. And so like I, I shared, you know, there at the beginning, I think it was my desire to, to have and my request to have what his word says that I should have, desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts. I think that because it was after I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to really study all that out, it was quickly after that that the Lord called me into ministry. I never knew before, but through a vision, he called me into ministry. And I firmly believe it's because he saw my heart. I think my request to desire what he told me to desire was pleasing to him. And so it's not because I'm the most qualified, <laughs> you know. Or, I mean, most people that if they would have known Peter wouldn't have thought he was qualified either. You, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or let's, let's look at it this way. If you were going to pick somebody to evangelize the Jews, you wouldn't think you would have picked Peter who was a fisherman unschooled, you know, he wasn't like a Pharisee or anybody like that. You know what I mean? He, he was just a, just a normal Jew. You know what I mean? You think if God were going to use somebody to evangelize the Jews, he would have used Paul because Paul was schooled from the time he was a young boy in the strictest of the Pharisees and knew everything. But that's not that God chose Peter to evangelize on the whole the Jewish people and he chose Paul to evangelize on the whole the, the Gentile people, right? So if you look at a natural, you go, why would you do it that way, God? Because God does it however he wants to do it. His ways aren't our ways, right? And so we've got to look at it the same way because it's easy. That, that's one of the things I'm really appreciative of <laughs> when I became a pastor. Um, when the Lord called me, let me put it that way, to be a pastor, is that he really placed in me the ability to see potential in people. Because I'll tell you, naturally, 
<laughs> I tend to be, in the natural, I would have always tended to be the type of person that would just go, that person is no good. And I don't mean, you know, it's just how I was. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like um, that. But ever since the Lord called me into ministry, it doesn't matter what kind of person walks through the doors and where they've been and what they've been doing or anything. God gives me a supernatural ability to see their potential in him, you know, and I'm thankful for that because that's what people need because many people have lost any purpose in life. They don't even know why they're here, right? And so it's like, I feel like it's like part of my mission is to remind people of why God created them and what he's put on the inside of them, you know? And so, and that's really operating in the gift of the spirit, be it word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or many times in, in um, prophecy. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time in that way it, it is in prophecy. And so um, it, it's, it's important. This is a gift that helps people, you know? And so, um, and it really does. Over the years, I've seen it operate many, many times in people's lives. So we just, we have to have that, that no matter, you know, how big or how little we feel like our assignment is, God's not looking at the big or little. He's looking at the faithful. Faithful to his call, faithful to his gifts in our lives. That's all he's looking at. He's not looking at big or little. He's looking, are they faithful to what I, my call in their life and the gifts I put in them? When you look at the parables of the talents, that's, he did not hold the one that had two, that he gave two to. He didn't expect the one that he gave two talents to to produce the same as the one he gave five talents to. He didn't. But he did expect them to use what he gave them and, and, and put, uh, bring him an invest, you know, invest in that and bring him a return on that investment. And he did. You see what I mean? So... God's not looking at big or little. He's looking at our willingness to be faithful to his call in our life and his gifts in our life. Now, if we look again at that 1 Corinthians 12, and I, I want to look at verse 7 real quick in, in the King James. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. You see that? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. There is profit with the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are a plus, not a minus. And it's interesting because for a multitude of years, and it's still that way in many churches today that call themselves Spirit-filled churches, you never see the Spirit work in the church. You never see. Because, well, that might, might make people feel uncomfortable. Or they, you know, it might scare people. Um... Well, that's not what the scripture says, right? The scripture says clearly in verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It is for the profit of all. So the gifts of the Spirit are a plus, not a minus. Amen. When God gives you something, it's a good thing. He's not the devil, right? God good, devil bad. So when God gives you something, it's a good thing. And there is no church body that has ever decreased when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation there. I'm, and I've seen a lot of churches. And I've been in some that they don't allow the things of the Spirit to move because they're afraid it's going to offend people or whatever. And they might have a lot of people there, 
but they ain't got no life. There's no, you know what I mean? There's just no power there. It's just like a social club or whatever. No church body ever decreases when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And no person ever becomes weaker when the gifts of the Spirit are important in their life. Like I said, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and my whole life changed. The Word came alive to me. I, I began to desire um, the spiritual gifts. Like I said, whatever that meant. I didn't even really know at that time what that meant. And it changed my whole life. Obviously, it changed the trajectory of my life because my intent was to be a doctor. God had another plan. Amen. And so the gifts always bring a profit. They never bring a loss. And then if you look down in verse 11, it says, But all these worketh that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So in verse 7, is given to, to every man. In verse 11, dividing to every man. Right? So the gifts are to every man, not just a few, right? And so there, but there is a small qualification. Dividing to every man severally as he wills. So the spirit knows our capacity and he knows how each one of us will use the gifts, but we don't have to just be limited to one or two. Amen. Again, going back to where I started, I believe that's one of the reasons why the Lord called me into ministry. And I've said it many times, and, and I might be wrong. And if I am, it's fine. It's, it's not here, here or there, and it's not an eternal thing. But I don't believe, unlike Jeremiah, the Bible says, I, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and I called you to be a prophet even, you know, before you were even born. I don't feel like that was the case with me. Um, I, I, I just feel like God saw my heart to be faithful even when my life wasn't like it should be. Um, my desire to want to please Him and to do what was right even when I didn't know how um, and, and to just want to help people. And um, so that's, you know, it, it says He divides to every man severally as He wills because he knows our capacity and he knows how we're going to use the gifts and what we're going to do with them. And we don't have to be limited to just one or two gifts. You know, um, if it's for the profit of all, the best gift is always the gift that's needed at the time, right? So it's important that we're able to flow with the Holy Spirit in order to be able to, to reach people with what they need when they need it. Amen. That's good stuff right there. I'm telling you, it is good stuff.